Amen, amen, amen. All right, you're going to go ahead. I wanted to, uh, as, there, as you're taking the missions offering this morning, wanted to just remind everybody that uh, on the 29th of this month, uh, my pastor, who I've had as a pastor for over 55 years, he's my spiritual father in the Lord, he will be visiting us, and he is an actual elder in this house. And for many of you who may not have met him, uh, he, he really a, he's really a spiritual father, an apostolic man. Uh, and he, uh, I've known him ever since I was four years old. In fact, my, my parents and Pastor Iverson and his wife used to double date when they were young couples. That's how far that goes back. And uh, But Pastor Iverson is pastored a church in Portland, Oregon, and he's a he's really a spiritual father to a lot of different pastors around the world, and he's going to be visiting us. He's 84 years of age. Don't let his age bother you. He's still got a lot of spunk in him, and uh, he's going to just bring a word. He's really excited about meeting you. Many of you I know have not met him, but he will be with us. And then Pastor Doug Sherman in April will be with us. The following month, I really pray that you could set those times aside to really make an effort to be here, because I believe God is going to bring a word to the church through these men and these ministries. And uh, how many of you believe the Holy Spirit is speaking a today word today? And He's speaking to us. And uh, how many of you believe the United States needs to hear a word from God? Believe we need to hear from God. I know there's a lot of bad news and bleak news around the world, but I want to tell you, God has good news. He's the God of good news, and when everything is getting dark outside, do you know that it actually, the Bible tells us that it's going to get brighter on the inside of the house of God, and it's supposed to be bright on you. In fact, you, all of you, carry God's glory on you. Do you know that? In fact, God has put His glory on you in such a way that you are attractive. That's right. It's not by your looks, but it's by the glory of God that rests upon you. Amen? And there's something inside of you that that the Lord wants to display to all of the world. And all of you have something very important. All of you have God's glory. Number one, you have a testimony. Number two, and thirdly, you have a message. You have answers for this generation. And I just pray the Holy Spirit will begin to stir our hearts. You know, today we live in a generation of distraction. Today the devil is doing everything he can to distract the church. The devil wants you involved in things outside of the kingdom and uh, just involved in things. And I know we have bills to pay and school to go to, and we've got things. But I want you to know, Jesus made very clear that we were to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness with a promise. His promise is that all these things will be added to us. Amen? So I want to just challenge you today to really just set your focus in 2015 to seek the Lord. Amen? And that's more than just going to church. That's really just making a covenant. That means that we really just look to the Lord. It means that we just ask the Lord, what does God want to do through my life? 
How many of you believe God has something for your life? There's a plan. How many here have ever really sought the Lord for that plan? Well, we need to get saved here then, praise God. Because if you don't know what the Lord's plan is for your life, then you're just spiritually drifting. And there's no such thing as spiritual drifters in the kingdom, amen? He has a plan for his people. In fact, the Bible says that we are all running a race. And uh, the Apostle Paul says that we need to run the race laying aside every weight and the sin that easily besets us and let us run with patience the race set before us. The purpose of a race is to finish it. God has a plan that he wants us to accomplish. By the way, this has nothing to do with dead works. It has nothing to do with doing something for the Lord to obtain righteousness. That's already been done at the cross. But God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose. All of you have have something the Lord has put within you. He has strategically placed you where you live. He's put people around you where you work, in your community. And there are people that have grave needs in their life right now. How many of you have ever been aware of the needs around you? Amen. Praise God. Boy, we all look tired today. Is it the bad weather or what? Amen. Father, just quicken them in Jesus' name. <laughs> I just want to hear to let you know that, that, that the Lord is moving by His Spirit. And He has made you a prophetic people. And He's put His power inside of you. And He's put His Word inside of you. And you are history makers. You have the power to literally turn cities upside down. He's given you the power and answers for this generation. Amen. And it starts at home. Amen. Everyone say at home. Starts in my home. But I know what the devil does. The devil likes to use our home. The devil likes to use our family and our problems and our issues to intimidate us and to shut us down. There's a lot of Christians today that are shut down. They have problems in marriage. They have problems in their family. And so the devil uses these things to say, you don't have the right to speak up. Look how much of a fail you you are at home. How many of you believe the devil's a liar? We need to put him under our feet. You need to recognize that it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. And do you know that God will use your mistakes? God will actually use your problems, amen, to minister grace to other people. Do you know that His grace is made perfect when? In my weakness, not when I'm doing well. Jesus didn't say, come unto me, all you that are doing well and are exceeding in life. He didn't say that. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He says, and I will give you rest. Amen. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Now, Jesus knows better. He knows really what's best for our life. And I believe today the Lord is going to bring an impartation of life today. I believe he wants to bring an impartation of hope. I believe some of us today, we need a touch in our bodies. God wants to touch your bodies. He does not want weakness or sickness or affliction. Amen. 
to just uh, kind of be that thing that hangs on you that somehow just labels your life. God wants your body to be strong. God wants your faith to be strong. Amen? And so we're going to be talking about a power transfer today. The power transfer that comes through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen? I want to tell you something. I am so glad I am baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. There's something about the Holy Spirit that once He's baptized you and He's touched your life, you are not the same. Now, I know a lot of people, they've come out of different backgrounds, and you've come out of, some of you might have come out of churches, and and you've heard from ministers and maybe parents and friends that, you know those baptized Holy Spirit tongue-talking people? They're so weird. No, they're not weird. Now, people can be weird, but the Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit now is supernatural, and when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, your life is going to be full of surprises. Your life is going to be full of signs and wonders. Your life is going to be filled with mystery, because anything that the Holy Spirit is involved with Amen. It never does it the same. God always, God does things differently. God is a God of variety. And I, I want to just pray for us right now that the Holy Spirit will have his way among us today. And I want you, I want you to know right away that God is in a good mood. Amen. He's not in a bad mood today. Amen. Do you know that he really looks upon you and he's really, he loves you. He comes with you and his favor is upon you forever. Amen? How many of you are glad that Jesus is no longer mad at you because the Father poured His wrath out on His Son? That means you are unpunishable. That means you can't be punished because Jesus took your wrath for you. And so when the Father sees you, He sees you and He accepts you, He blesses you, He quickens you, He raises you, He loves you, And he wants to remind you through the Holy Spirit just how important the plan that he has for your life for the rest of your life. Amen? Amen. So you're not not living a mediocre life. You're not living just a passive life. You are not waiting for the rapture just to come. God has some very important things for you to accomplish. Every day you live, God wants you to wake up with anticipation, with expectancy, with a sense of vision, with a sense of faith and hope, your life is going to make a difference in people. Amen? And I I want you to think that way. Now you may say, you know, Pastor, I'm not really thinking in those terms. I've just been thinking about, you know, uh, my job and my bills and my kids, and they're sick and I'm behind and I've got things to do. And man, I got a fence to build in my backyard. The dog is sick and, you know, I can't stand the neighbors and And you're talking about getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. I I know these things weigh on us. But I know that when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, God begins to change your lens. You begin to see life through a different lens. You begin to see things differently. Amen? Amen? And you begin to see things and you begin to become kingdom-minded. You become... Eternal-minded. You become people-focused. 
And so when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God takes people that have been focused and worried and concerned about the cares of this life, and when He takes you and baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, He puts vision in you. He elevates. Everyone say elevates. See, God intends to elevate your life, to bring you higher. Isaiah 55 says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts and your ways. God wants to give you some higher thoughts and higher ways because God wants to do some things that are so powerful and so supernatural. And then He makes your life intentional. Everyone say intentional. You see, some people believe that the Holy Spirit's going to fall upon you and all of a sudden God's just going to drop out of the sky and make certain things very aware. No, when you become baptized in the Holy Spirit, your life becomes intentional. And all of a sudden, you begin to enter into your promised land. You're not waiting for the promise. You're not waiting for God. I've heard so many people, Pastor, I'm just waiting for God to show me. I'm waiting for God to do something. No, no, God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you for, to start taking a step forward. You know, years ago when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I used to have that wait and see attitude. And God said, stop waiting. Stop waiting. Start acting. Start moving. Start believing. I remember working at O'Day Office Supplies, and I used to be a truck driver when I was in Bible college. I used to drive when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, Ray, I've called you to be a light in this little office supply store. And so I remember going to, the, to my office supply situation, and I asked my boss out for lunch. He didn't ask me. I asked him. And I remember taking him out to lunch, and I spoke to the very first words. We're sitting down across. And he, you know what he thought? He thought I was going to ask him for a raise. That's what he thought. I wasn't asking him for a raise. I said, you know, this is going to be an incredible time. It's going to be an incredible meal time together. First of all, I'm honored to have lunch with my boss. I'm honored to sit here across from you and to have lunch with you. And he was astonished. Because he said, well, what are you getting at? What are you doing? What are, you, are, you, what are all these nice, kind words you're saying? Are you after something? No, I wasn't after. I said, I have some incredible news. I said, I believe God wants to take your business to a new level. And that's when your business is dedicated to the kingdom. And I actually shared with him the gospel. I shared with him the gospel. I began to talk to him about how Jesus, Jesus in our life, makes all things new. Jesus begins to make a difference. I begin to share the gospel with my boss at O'Day Office Supplies. And as I begin to share the gospel, and the Lord, Holy Spirit began to give me some prophetic words about his family, his marriage, and there were some issues, and there was some breakdown of communication between him and his kids, and the Lord gave me words of knowledge to this man, and he was astonished by the fact that I knew those things, but it was because of the Holy Spirit. And I said, you know what? I'm going to pray that God begins to touch your life. I remember praying for him and his daughter. His daughter had some kind of an affliction, some sickness or something. The very next day, he comes to me. He says, it's really strange. You prayed for us at lunch. The very next day, or the, that night I went home, my wife said, my, my daughter is miraculously getting healed, and we don't know why. Amen. We prayed for her at that lunchtime. 
And it was amazing. He was astonished. He began to ask questions. Tell me about your church. I said, it's not about the church. It's about the God I know. It's about the God I know. Here's my point, folks. The Holy Spirit wants to make your life dynamic. He wants to make your life dynamic. But before anything can become dynamic, it must become specific. You must have a specific understanding. You must be able to grasp what he's saying. You must become intentional. You must begin to expect, expect great things. Everyone say great things. See, God doesn't do things small. God is not a God who's small-minded. God is a God of greatness. He's a God who's great and greatly to be praised. And He calls great people. He saves people and He puts His greatness in them. He puts a deposit of the treasure of His wealth and His righteousness over them. He changes their conversation. He changes their vision. He begins to affect them in such a way that you begin to love and appreciate even your surroundings. You realize that what God means for good What God can do for good can change even the worst of situations around you. So that's what the baptism, that's that's just in part what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is doing. And he wants to affect your change. Let let me tell you something that happened just this week. I was uh, driving down. We all know that we've had this cold weather and I was driving in my car down the road. And I noticed that my steering wheel was a little, seemed a little loose and, Uh, I I was just driving, and I I decided to pull over. My wife was with me. I pulled over, and I noticed that both of my front tires were about half filled with air. I I thought it was interesting that both tires were low on air. So I I took it into a a, a tire shop, and uh, I said, why were these tires low? And he said, well, they're, they're low. Usually in cold weather, your tires can leak air. I thought I was getting flat on both tires. It wasn't a flat. They were just leaking air. He filled them up. So I got tire, air, air put in my tires. Got them put up, pumped up. I'm back on the road driving again. When I got in the car and I'm driving down the road, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Ray, I want you to, I want you to learn a very important lesson. That you know when your wheel was swimming and you felt your steering wheel loose? And I said, yes. He says, I put the thought in your heart to pull over so you would check your tires. And I said, Lord, why did I thought I thought that? He says, no, I put the thought in your heart to check your tires so that you would know that even on very, very minor things that you think that you, it's your thoughts, it's me partnering and working together with you on these things. I mean, the Lord was showing me that he was interested in my half flat tires. The reason I say that is the Lord was speaking to me because I'm speaking on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think that God's only interested in raising the dead, feeding the 5,000, and real big miracles. No, God's interested when your tires are low. God's interested when your cupboards are low. God's interested. How many of you have ever read Psalms 139? He says that He knows when you sit down. 
He knows when you rise up. He knows when you take the wings of the morning. He knows that when you go and make your bed uh, in hell, or if you take the wings of the morning in heaven, He knows every word that comes out of your mouth. And David said when he wrote the psalm, he says, such knowledge is too, too wonderful for me. Now, the Lord wants to bring a healing in the area of our understanding as far as how our Heavenly Father relates to us and how much He cares for us. Some of you have thought that the Lord only cares about the big guys, the big guns, ministry. No, He cares about what you're walking through. He cares about maybe a bill that isn't being paid. He cares about maybe something that you're going through. Maybe it's a sore throat. Maybe it's an earache. Maybe it's a child that's not serving the Lord. Maybe it's a habit or a problem that you have been wrestling with for years. Do you know the Lord cares about you? And see, the Holy Spirit is here to bring comfort to you. He comes to comfort His people. He comes to empower you with understanding, with a word of knowledge, with a word of wisdom. Can you say amen? Now, I just... I'm just trying to bring some testimony as we, we come into the Word of the Lord. Uh, let's turn to Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8. Remember what Jesus said, what John also said. John the Baptist said that John said one day, he says, I indeed baptize you with uh, water unto repentance, but there comes one mightier than I, that when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and the fire. Everyone say fire. fire. Amen. How many of you have ever been touched by the fire yet? Amen. How many of you have been touched by the fire? Let me see those hands. Praise God. Okay. Well, I want to just pray that today that you'll be touched with Holy Ghost fire. Amen. When you've been touched with Holy Ghost fire, you will never be the same. Amen. Now, some of you think, well, pastor, I don't want that kind of fire. Well, I just pray that you be open to the Holy Ghost and fire. Because the kind of fire we're talking about is His glory. It's His presence. It's the freedom of the Lord. It's, that, it's, the, it's the prophetic knowledge. It's the word of knowledge. It's the word of the Lord. It's the spirit of faith. It's vision. Amen. You're the kind of man, you're the kind of woman that is going to bring answers, breakthrough for this generation. Amen. I want you to take everybody by the hand. Take someone by the hand, would you, right now? Father, I pray right now for quickening. I know, Lord, we've had a busy week. We've had a good week. Lord, I just pray right now that you'd quicken us for your name's sake. Lord, you come to baptize us afresh. Lord, we come to be immersed in your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you've anointed us, Lord, with the oil of gladness. <laughs> thank you, Lord God. Oh, God, you've set us free. Lord, release us, launch us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. I want you to take you to three very simple illustrations this morning. Acts chapter 8, <clears throat> Acts chapter 8, verse 4. The first one is Philip. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere to preach the word of God. Verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ to them, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed. 
and the lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Can you say amen? How many of you believe Garland, Plano, Dallas needs some great joy in our city? Now, here's a very powerful story. It's about one man who has a message, and with that message, the entire city is moved by the message of Philip. Do you know why? Do you know why this is so controversial? The baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues is so controversial? Because when the fire of the Holy Spirit begins to rest upon you, the first member in your body that it touches is your tongue. And do you know why your tongue is touched by the power of the Holy Spirit? Is so that your message will become a different message than it ever has been. You see, your message needs to be sanctified. Some people get so hung up on speaking in tongues. It's, it's so much bigger than speaking in tongues. God wants to sanctify a message out of your mouth. God wants to sanctify your tongue where there's faith. Because it's the power of the Word that brings the powers of darkness on their knees. It's the power of the message of faith that you speak that sets the captive free. You see, when your mouth is anointed with the Holy Ghost, it's more than speaking in tongues. God wants to take the message that has been a dead letter. He wants to anoint it and quicken it. And people, like it did here in Philip's life, when he came into a city, the entire city was moved by the message that he preached. Do you see, God intends for you to come from that place of just being ordinary to extraordinary. He does not intend for you to stay the same. He does not intend for you just to be the same old Joe or same old Susie that you've been. He intends for your life to be anointed and so captured by the presence of God that when people see you, there's something different. There's something that captures their attention. It's the love. It's the faith. It's the hope. There's something about you that draws them away from their sinful lifestyle because the message and the message of fire that comes from your tongue. Here it says here that Philip was speaking and the multitude was moved. The city got glad. Verse 8, but there was a certain man called Simon, notice what it says, verse 9, who practiced sorcery in the city, astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. And those, they all took, gave heed, verse 10, the least of the greatest, saying this man does, has great power. Here a guy was counterfeiting, counterfeiting what was actually real, Simon the sorcerer. And they heeded him because he was astonished them by their sorceries, sorceries for a long time. But when they blessed, believed, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Isn't that amazing? Miracles, signs, and wonders. How many here have seen a miracle, sign, or a wonder in your life? Well, praise God, you're going to see more in the days ahead. Praise God. Now notice verse 14, an interesting little shift here. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Now a lot of churches just are happy with that. We're just happy they were 
received the word, got baptized in water. Notice what it says here. When the apostles heard they received the word, it says, they sent Peter and John who went, who when they had come down, prayed for them. No, notice this. They prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Stop right there. Well, pastor, I thought we received the Holy Spirit when we got saved. Well, you did. The Holy Spirit does have a part to play when you got saved. How many of you know that you were convicted by the Holy Spirit? You can't be saved unless you're convicted and convinced. The Holy Spirit has a part to play in your salvation. Absolutely. But it says here that the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen, verse 16, upon none of them. They were saved, they were baptized, but they had not received the Holy Spirit. Now, goes on here to say, uh, they had been baptized, but they had been baptized only in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. He said, give me this power. And of course, Peter rebukes him and tells him that this thing can't be bought with money. And all of a sudden, so now we see that different than salvation, subsequent to salvation, they now receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jump with me to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Peter. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Peter is a Jewish guy. And he he has a little problem with racism. And God sends him to an Italian bunch and they start eating pizza. And Peter has a problem with that. Because he's never gone into the house of a Gentile. And uh, the Lord sends him to this man's house. And he's staying at the house of Simon at the time. But notice what it says in verse 1 and 2. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion that was was called an Italian of the Italian regiment, uh, verse 2, a devout man and one who feared God with all of his house, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. N- now notice this. It says he was a one who feared God. Cornelius feared God. He gave alms to the poor and he prayed to God always. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like this guy was saved. He feared God. He feared God. He was saved. But the angel comes to Cornelius and says, Cornelius, there's more. How many here have ever had somebody tell you there's more? How many of you want more? I want to tell you something. If you you don't want more, there's something wrong. Because we never want to be satisfied where we're at. Pastor Ray wants more. Two years ago, Pastor Ray had a massive encounter with God, my wife and I, and we know there's more. What we used to believe, we don't believe anymore. There's been some transformation. There's been some changes. I've come to discover what I thought was all that there was. There's more. I want more. And guess what? If you stop at where you're at, you're going to die. I never want to stop where I'm at. There's more. Everyone say there's more. Amen. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, give us faith this morning. Amen. Give us faith. And so notice what he says. Cornelius is in prayer. And he says, uh, now send some men, verse 5, the angel says, send some men to Joppa. uh, And and, uh, your prayers have come up. And when the angel spoke to him and departed, and all of a sudden, verse 9, the next day Peter's on the housetop at Simon's house. 
and he sees the heavens open. Now, isn't this amazing? When the Holy Spirit is upon you, the Bible says that he comes or falls into a deep sleep or a trance, and the Lord begins to speak to him through a vision by lowering these sheets down, and God begins to speak to Peter concerning, amen, what God intends to do. And he begins to challenge Peter that he was not to call unclean what God calls clean, or not call common what God calls clean. And so here the Lord, the voice says, Peter, I want you to rise, kill, and eat. And Peter says, I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And so he begins to say, I will not do this. Verse 15, the voice says, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Can you say amen? How many of you believe God wants to open our eyes and begin to tear down walls in the church where we begin to realize that God wants to move in people that we never thought he could move through? God wants to open our hearts to to people that maybe we have not been open to before. And see, Peter himself had some real prejudice issues, possibly even some real pride issues. And so Peter gets this vision not once, not twice, but three times. You know what's so powerful about the Holy Spirit is God will not give up on you until you surrender to Him. Three times He speaks to Peter. And so Peter finally gets it. Amen. And so he he receives these brethren who come from Joppa and they go back to Cornelius' house. They come into the house, verse 24. He was in Caesarea. Cornelius meets Peter, he falls down, begins to worship him. Peter says, get up, I'm a man just like you. Don't call any man, uh, don't, don't worship any man, I'm just like you. And Peter begins to recognize that this man fears God. He gives alms, and he's received the Lord. And so Peter begins to just, he doesn't even know why Peter, Peter doesn't even know why he's there. He just starts sharing Jesus. He just starts sharing how Jesus Christ anointed uh, 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 came and, and, and uh, how, how God had anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with power, went about doing good and healing all those who were possessed of the devil, for God was with him. And as he's in this, this preaching mode, Peter is, in verse 44, right in the middle of the message, while Peter was still speaking, it says, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the words. And those of the circumcision who believed, notice it says who believed, were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles also. And notice verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter said, can any man forbid water that they should not be baptized who receive the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they all asked and stayed for a few days. Here's a powerful example of Peter yielding to the Lord, responding to the Lord, going to a man's house that he wouldn't have gone to in the first place. And the Lord uses Peter to share the love of God. And while he's speaking, while he's teaching, the Holy Spirit falls. The Holy Spirit comes. How many of you ready for the Holy Spirit to just fall? How many of you, how would you like to just have the Lord just show up and just fall? It doesn't have to happen in church. It can happen on your job. It can happen. Now, now some of you, I've heard some people, you know, pastor, I'm so scared to death. I, I don't know if I want the Holy Spirit because I'm afraid that I'll be at Walmart and the check land and I'll start speaking in tongues and everybody will think I'm a nut. 
Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Well, I've been told that. Don't listen to all the rumors. The spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. God's not going to come upon you and start making you look like some snake on the floor, like everybody's heard. I've heard some of the greatest crazy stories from people that don't even know what they're talking about. You know the the beauty of of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you do something foolish. That's not what he's for. The Holy Spirit is there, first of all, to comfort you. The Holy Spirit is to ignite and to empower your relationship. The Holy Spirit is going to elevate your life. You're going to begin to recognize that He has given you gifts. Everyone say gifts. You're going to have gifts of the Spirit. You're going to find yourself praying for people and getting healed. You're going to find yourself operating in the word of knowledge and God's going to show you things about people you never thought you'd ever know before. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit for years. God uses me all the time in a word of knowledge. I don't have a word of knowledge for everybody every time, but there are seasons and times where God will allow a a direct appointment, a a direct encounter. God will lay a, a word of knowledge on my heart, and it was a divine appointed word. And I I can't explain it, but it's the Holy Spirit. And every time, it's always a word of comfort. It's always a word of hope. It's always a word of mercy. It is never a word. Listen, the Holy Spirit will never give you a word that brings condemnation to people. He will never give you a word that is going to chastise and condemn or hurt people, or embarrass people. That's not what the Holy Ghost does. There's been people that have been around services. I know this for a fact. In fact, I hate to say it, but I have a grandfather. He's dead. He's with the Lord today. I love him to death. But I remember my granddaughter felt that he was a prophet of God in the Assembly of God Church. And my grandfather... I remember confronting my granddad years ago on this, but he felt it was his job to go into the churches and expose sin in the church. He felt he was a prophet of God. That that brought more harm to the church. That is not the job of a prophet, to come and expose sin. Let me tell you why. Number one, Jesus has already washed our sins away. He's already cleansed earth. We're not here to expose anyone's... What we're here to do is expose the grace of God. We're here to expose how great in God's righteousness is and what He's done for you. That's what the purpose of a prophet is for. The purpose of a prophet is to bring the message of restoration, not a message of condemnation, not a message. We are ambassadors that come and bring the mystery of, ministry of reconciliation and hope to the body of Christ. Not the ministry of separation, condemnation, or judgment. You hear that? You hear any minister that brings that? He's not a prophet of God. By the way, may I say to you also, you, as believers, have the authority from the Word of God to judge the prophecy. Good preaching, Pastor Ray. Not a whole lot of amens out of that one. You are to judge prophecy. Well, pastor, I thought we weren't supposed to judge anybody. You've been reading the wrong Bible again. The Bible doesn't... Do you know the word judge means? It doesn't... We always think of Judge Judy when we thought talking about judging people. 
Judging does not mean that you condemn people. The word judge, there's, by the way, there's five Greek words for the word judge in the New Testament. Most of them mean discern, to discern difference from right and wrong. You are to discern. The Bible says that a spiritual man, 1 Corinthians 2, 13 for 14, a righteous man judges all things. Read it. Read your Bible. A righteous man judges, judges all things. Well, what about what Jesus said? Judge not lest you be judged. You know what he said that for? Because there were people going around telling other people what to do when they themselves weren't practicing what they were preaching. Do you know what Jesus actually said about the Pharisees? Jesus said this, do as they say, but don't do as they do. Because they say and do not. In other words, we are to judge what people say. And if you say something wrong, the Bible says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirit. I'm going to let you know, because I love you. I'm going to use the word of God. Now, some of you say, well, Pastor Ray, wow, that's, that's so aggressive. Yes, it is. Praise God. Because we love you, care about you. The mamsy-pamsy Christianity, those days are done. But neither are we trying to be in your face, neither are we trying to be strong and aggressive in the sense that, that we're just trying to correct. That's, that's not the point. The whole point here is restoration. The whole point is restoration and health and well-being and balance. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. We find here that in Peter's day, when he comes to the house of Cornelius, the Holy Spirit falls upon them. They baptize them in water. And again, we see the kingdom of God expand. Can you say amen? Jump with me to Acts chapter 19. Third and last point here. Acts chapter 19. The Apostle Paul is coming to a city at Ephesus. Verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth. Verse 1. And Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some of the disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive? Now listen to this. He comes to 12 disciples. And here's the Apostle Paul's concern. He hears about these guys being saved, born again, baptized. But he says this. Have you received the Holy Ghost when you believe? And they said to him, we have not so much as even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what were you baptized? Here Paul's asking, well, how were you baptized? And they said, well, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying that to the people that they should be believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. While they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus because evidently they weren't baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus when they were baptized in water. Now notice verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, here again, third time, how many of you know that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, they'll let every word be established? Seems like we see a correlation. We see a pattern through the book of Acts. Well, listen to what it says. When Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them. And what happened? They spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Now, I know, and I'll tell you, folks, I, I, I hear so many being down here in the south in the Bible Belt in Texas. So many people have come out of churches and have been warned. They'll go around those spirit-filled people. Be careful. 
They're wackos. They're crazy. They're weird. You know, one thing, I, one thing I've noticed a difference, and not in any way to be judging like this, but I would rather be among people who love the Lord and have a passion and on fire than people that are dead. Because the difference between spirit-filled and non-spirit-filled is one church alive, one church is alive, and the other's dead. It's just the difference. It's a huge difference. One has life. One's moving in the power. One is believing God for present miracles. How many of you believe that what God did back in Acts 2 and Acts 9 and Acts 10 and Acts 8 and Acts 19, how many of you believe God wants to do the same thing in this generation as He did in that generation? But somehow there have been teachers and preachers that have put the book of Acts in a historical setting and says, that's just history. Not for today. Well, why wouldn't God care about this generation? Why wouldn't God care? It's not that that God's interested. And so many get so caught up. And and I I also want to say on behalf of those who, and I said this last week, because there have been uh, people, well-meaning and people that have come out of even charismatic and spirit-filled churches that have been prayed for and have been taught and have been condemned because they speak in tongues. That is equally sad and it's wrong. I've, had, I've seen ministers, I've seen Christians, zealots, love God, passionate for the Lord, screaming in the ears of people, just speak in tongues. And the guy's just getting a bag full of wind in his ear. And he's not speaking in tongues. I want to just right now just lift that cloud of fear and remove that condemnation off of you. Some of you might have been told you aren't even filled with the Holy Spirit because you didn't speak in tongues right at that moment. I believe it's possible to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and not necessarily speak in tongues at that moment. Because it's not just speaking in tongues. I believe it's also having the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you believe the fruit of the Spirit is also important? The love of God. It's not just speaking in tongues and prophecy. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the life of God. There's passion. There's the power to pray. When, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is definitely a change in your life. God intends to change your life. He's not just making you more emotional and more excited, and He's not going to make you some dogmatic individual. But what He does want to do, He's going to begin to bring some things alive inside of you. All of a sudden, you're cognizant, you're conscious of gifts, you're conscious of the leading of the Spirit of God, you're conscious of the will of God. When I was going down the road this past week, and my tires were low, It was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Lord speaking to me about low tires that begin to speak to me how the Lord wants to speak to His people even on very small, minor things like that. God wants to speak to us on on details in our life as well. And so here we find that as the Apostle Paul comes, notice it wasn't enough for them to be saved or even baptized in water. Now here we find that the Apostle Paul, notice what happens after Paul prays for these people in Acts 19. 
And it says, and all men were, all the men were about 12 here in this particular synagogue, if it was a synagogue or a church. And it says, and he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning, persuading, concerning the things of the kingdom. But, I love verse 9, notice this. But, when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, before the multitude. Listen to what he's saying. What was the way he's talking about? He's talking about the baptism. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There were some people that didn't receive it, and it says they were hardened. Have you ever talked to somebody that says, you know what, I don't want it, I don't need it, it's not for me? That's a dangerous place to be. That is a dangerous place to be where you think You've got it all. I, Ray Galligan, I pray to God I never come to a place where I'm never teachable. I always want to be teachable. I always want to be open. I always want to remain humble. I want to be be able to be adjusted. I never want to come to a place where I say, I know it all, I got it all, I don't need anything else. That is arrogance personified. It's pride. Amen? Amen. We, don't want to, we don't want to have that attitude. Here, let me tell you something. I've seen God's presence and the cloud, God's cloud of His presence and anointings can just leave a church when a church says, we're satisfied where we're at. But when a church stays hungry, the anointing and the cloud will abide there. I never want to come to a place where I think I've got it all. I never want to have that kind of arrogance. I never want to have that kind of pride where we think, I don't, I, don't need any, I don't need any teaching. I don't need any more than what I got. I'm happy with where I'm at. That's a dangerous place to be. Amen? We, we need to stay in a place, and I, I'm so glad the Apostle Paul here in Acts 19, Peter in Acts 10, and Acts 8, Philip, others, these, these ministries were open. Now, one of the things that you will find... Throughout the Bible, it seems like God does things in threes. I want you to jump over with me to Acts, I'm sorry, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Listen to a very familiar, it's it's his discourse with, uh, it's his discourse with the Pharisee Nicodemus. And listen to what, listen to what Jesus says, a very familiar passage. The Pharisee Nicodemus comes to Jesus It says, we know that you're a teacher, verse 2, come from God, for no one can do these signs unless God is with him, verse 3. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, how can a man be born again when he's old? How can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? Then notice what Jesus says again. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. Now, notice the difference. Jesus says, unless one is born again, he can't see it. But unless one is born of water and Spirit, he can't enter it. How many of you know there's a difference there? In other words, it's possible to be a person who just observes and sees things and hears about it, but you never 
enter it and occupy and begin to possess all that God has for you. See, he says here, unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Jesus says something two times. He says there's a difference. In other words, there are those that are satisfied being what I call outer court Christians. I'm happy just hearing about it. I'm happy just knowing about that you, you guys can do it. But I don't want to enter into that. I don't, I don't want to be that kind of a Christian. I want to be a believer that enters into all that God has for me. I want, I want all that God has for me. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I went last scripture. Jump over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Listen to what the Bible says here. 1 Corinthians 2. <clears throat> and you know this passage here. It says, verse 9, Our eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered in the heart of the man the things which God hath prepared for them. Here it is that love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Everyone say search. So one of the ways you know you're baptized in the Holy Spirit is there's a searching spirit. I'm searching. There's more. There's two words that dominate the life of a spirit. There's more. There's more. There's more. God has so much more for my wife and I. There's so much more for our family. There's more. There's more. God has more anointing, more power. There's more presence. There's more anointing. There's gifting. There's breakthrough coming. There's more. I'm not satisfied being mediocrity or, or, or just accepting what I'm going around the mountain and just kind of living in this traditional lifestyle. There's more. And Lord, I want more than what, where, where I'm at. Send me ministry. Send me Philip. Send me a Peter. Send me a Paul. Lord, break into my life. Open, Lord. Just break, break any kind of a, uh, any habits or any kind of traditions, Lord, that has just kind of polarized me where I'm at in my particular walk. Set me on fire, God. Lord, stir my heart. Stir my prayer. Last night, I was in this, in this sanctuary. I was just walking around in prayer in this sanctuary. And I said, Lord, do whatever it takes to shake this house. I'm asking God to shake this house. Shake every family. Oh, Pastor Ray, what are you praying for? Such dangerous prayers like that. I'm not done. I want God to open the heavens. I want the Holy Spirit to just come and just, uh, just ignite us and fill us uh, to, to such a degree where our lives have been transformed, where the love of God and the peace of God and the joy of the Lord is upon our lives, where people who may be drug addicts and people who are broken marriages will come into this very church and they will experience the healing power of the Lord and His love and His grace because of the presence of God that has His way in our midst. We're not limited by tradition. I would love to see this house so explosive with the power of praise and with worship where we're just lost in God. We're not inhibited by prayer. We're not just kind of praying little whispers, but there's a shout of praise to the Most High God. Well, Pastor Ray, you're just kind of all in, just energetic. No, it's more than energy. It's more than just being emotional. You know, it's like Jesus said, the zeal of his health has eaten me up. 
when you've been eaten up, when the Holy Spirit touches your life, you know, you really don't care what people think. I really don't. You know what? I am so glad. I want to say something. I want to say it very careful. I am free from your approval. I am not here to be approved by you. I am here to be approved by him. And if you don't like me, I still love you. But I am here to please him. I'm not trying to be super spiritual or prove anything. I just want you to know that God has more for us. He has so much more. And he just wants to break open, open and rend the heavens. And here we find here, he says, the spirit shirts as he reveals the deep things. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Let me tell you what the spirit of the world is. The spirit of the world dampens, it deadens, it thwarts, it stops, it resists, it rebels against the things of the spirit. Because the spirit of the world codgers into the flesh. And anybody who's in the flesh, all they're thinking about is how embarrassing and oh, how, how bad it's going to make me look and my makeup might smear and oh, others are going to think I'm a weirdo. That's flesh. David, I love what David said when David was dancing before the Lord and Michael despised her in his heart, despised him. He says, you haven't seen anything, Michael. He was rejoicing because of the ark of God's presence that was coming back into Jerusalem. David is the type of a man being filled with the Spirit of God. And he says, we haven't received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of Him who is God, who has given us freely all things. Given us all things, these things we also speak. Everyone say, speak. You see, something about a guy who's Spirit-filled, he can't keep his mouth shut. He's... He can't shut up. just wants to share the love of God. He wants to talk to people about God. You know, he just, he wants to open the eyes of the blind. He wants to open the ears of the deaf. He wants to touch the, the lives of people and let them know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's, there's something about spirit-filled people. They're not just into the religious tradition. They're free. They're alive. They're, they're, they're alive in the kingdom. The Apostle Paul here says, not in words of man's wisdom teaching what the Holy Spirit teaches, but comparing spiritual things with spiritual. For the natural man does not, notice verse 14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Judges all things. He himself is rightly judged by no one. <clears throat> Let me just say this. Years ago, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm closing with this. And I, I said, Lord, I, I want more. I know there's more. And the Lord asked me a question. He, he asked me this question. First, he said, Lord, Ray, I, I want to give you so much more than you can ever know. And he says, for me to give you more, I want you to understand there's something in the way. I said, what's in the way? He said, your mind. You have walls 
in your mind that are in the way that are going to keep what my Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Do you know why God baptizes us with the Holy Ghost and with tongues? Do you know why with tongues? Because you see, there are many strongholds in my mind. And when you begin to speak the Word of God, you see, faith means that we speak what we do not understand. The spirit of faith speaks on this wise. It speaks. When you confess and you speak and declare the word of God, you know what happens? It is the spoken word that breaks down the strongholds and the walls that your mind has. See, many of us, you know what we do? We say this, I won't speak it until it makes sense. We exalt the things in our mind, but God says, I want you to confess what is contrary to what is in your mind so your mind will change. So he'll ask you to confess things that are offensive. He'll ask you to confess things that don't make sense. Why do we speak in tongues? Why is it foolishness? Why in the world? It's because God is taking an ordinary man, an ordinary woman, and turning you into something extraordinary and supernatural. Amen? God's going God's to touch our mouth. God wants to release the river. And it's more than tongues. It's a confession of faith. It's a dynamic word of God. It's a prophetic word. It's a now word. It's a word of deliverance. It's a word of faith. It's a word of power. Do you know all of you right now have within you the power of the Holy Ghost to bring an entire nation to its knees? Do you know why God used Moses? One man against an entire nation to show the rest of us what God can do for a person who's yielded to the Lord. God wants to use you. God wants to release you. God wants to set you free. I want to personally apologize. I want to personally apologize to any person here that has had someone use force against you that was a spirit-filled, charismatic individual, a Christian, anybody. I want to apologize to anybody here that used intimidation or force or told you weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit because you didn't speak in tongues at that point, I want to apologize for that kind of method. That was wrong. It wasn't done in love. And that's not the way. And sometimes we build a stronghold. We build a wall. We say, I'll never get the, I'll never receive the baptism because I saw what those charismatics did to me a long time ago. And I've, seen, I've known people like that. They're offended and they're hurt and they were embarrassed. And that's sad and that was the wrong method. I as a pastor and as a charismatic spirit filmer, I want to apologize to anyone who received that kind of treatment from a spirit-filled Christian. I want to apologize to you for that taking place because that was not right. I want to tell you right now the Holy Spirit is gentle and God will work with you, and the Holy Spirit will wait on you, and he will, he will, He's not here to embarrass or press you. You know, I have people right now 
that still do not agree with what I'm sharing. And you know what? I still love them. I refuse to get into an argument about this subject. But here's what I say to it. I just say, you know what? There's so much more. I still love you. I know you're going to heaven, but there's so much more. It's not, the, it's not about being right or wrong. It's about that there's more. How many of you know there's more? Amen. How many here would turn me down if I came to you today and I said to all of you, this week, guys, I'm going to deposit a million dollars into your bank account if you just come and talk to me after church. Anybody who turned that down? You, I think you'd be a nut. But you would, of course, say, Pastor, I'll be right up to talk to you. Well, here's what I'm trying to say. There's more. God has so much more. And don't, don't resist it. Don't fight it because you don't understand it. Just say, Lord, open my heart. Help me to be a man of faith because you have so much more. Amen? Let's, let's bow our heads. <clears throat> let's bow our heads. <clears throat> I believe the Holy Spirit this morning is breaking down strongholds and His desire, His desire is to honor you. Even when we don't understand, he's, God is so patient. He's so faithful. He is so good. Even when we don't understand. Like I said to you, I, I've, I've heard some serious stories where people have been offended, hurt, and almost, just almost bullied into being baptized in the Holy Spirit into a way where they... They felt like they were a half Christian if they were speaking in tongues right there. That, that was the wrong way, and that was wrong to be approached that way. But I do want to say that, you know, the, the devil could use that offense to keep you from something that is really rich and good, even though people who meant well really approached it wrong. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let the Lord revisit this truth to you. Let him come to you and let him open and soften your heart. Let him speak to you and let him show you that he has so much more. The book of Acts was not written historical just for our history and our knowledge. Some of us say, well, that happened then, but it doesn't apply now. No, it does apply now. One of the reasons why we need today, we need that kind of power. We need that fresh anointing because this generation needs answers too. God wants to use you. God's not going to just use the ministries and the leaders and the elders and pastors. God's going to use you. He's going to use the housewife. He's going to use the carpenter. He's going to use the teacher. He's going to use the dentist. He's going to use the salesman. He's, he's going to use you, uh, whatever particular occupation. He's going to use you in, 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 in what you have and what you do is a high calling. Don't ever belittle or say that what you have and what you do is insignificant. No, you are not insignificant. You are cherished, you are prized, and the Lord values you. And He's placed you strategically where you're at. You're married to the one you're married to now, to be a partner, to, to be a team uh, in, in, united in the kingdom, to, to bring ministry of reconciliation and hope and life to people that are around you. There are people right now waiting for you 
literally waiting for you to take initiative, open conversation, and to begin to speak words of knowledge and to begin to open conversation and show loving and kindness. They're just at the verge to open their life and spill their life out before you if someone would just simply show kindness. If someone would just simply just take the time to just say, I'm, I'm here to just let you know and spend some time with you and let you know how valuable and how important you are to me. They will just open their life to you. But they really don't know if any Christian out there cares. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad someone came and took the time to be with me, share the love of God with me. Maybe this morning you may say, you know, Pastor Ray, I want more. I want more. I want more. That's you. Just raise your hand this morning. If you say, I, I just want more. I know there's more. I just want more, Lord. I, I, I just need more. I, I know the Lord has so much to do. I know the Lord has so much to show me. His unsearchable riches. The Apostle Paul said that I, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus, Paul, when he began to recognize all that God had for me, he basically said, I'm ruined. I can't do anything else. God has so blown me away by all that he wants to do and all he's shown to me. Paul was just literally a mess because of the riches of God's grace. Let's stand to our feet this, this morning, shall we? I want you to take each other by the hand, can you? I want you to take each other by the hand. I want us to pray for each other. I want you to pray that the Lord will open our eyes and open our hearts. I want you to begin to pray that the Lord will impart a spirit of faith and a spirit of life and vision to your friend on the right or on the left, your spouse or your children. Just right now, just pray, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, open our hearts. If our hearts have been broken, if we've been wounded, Lord, if We've been hurt or offended. Lord, I pray that you would just heal us, Lord. Heal us. Let we no longer be wounded and separated from your love, Lord. We just ask you, Lord, to touch us. Oh, God. Father, you come, Lord. You come with a meek and a humble spirit. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. And Father, you come to minister life and mercy to us. And Lord, we just pray right now and we, we declare, Lord, a fresh start. A, we, we declare freedom. We declare, Lord, just great faith in my brother and my sister. Lord, this year is a year where we're going to move in stages and greater levels, Lord, in you. Trusting, leaning on you, Lord. Father, we just pray right now that you would just break the yoke of bondage. Break any bondage or anything that would hold a paralysis or polarize us. Anything that paralyzes us. We just come against the spirit of fear. We come against anything, Lord, that would just bind us where we're at. Maybe, maybe someone this, this morning has had a, had a spirit of tradition or religion that just blinded and, and has bound you to where you're at and you know there's so much more. Father, we just release faith upon your people today. 
Lord, we just send, Lord, your holy angels, Lord. We just dispense your angels, Lord. Father, even as you spoke to Zerubbabel, Lord, through Zechariah, that it's not by might nor by power. This mountain shall be a plain. Father, let your, let your spirit have his way in our life. Plant a hunger in us, Lord. Plant a thirst in us. You know, I just sense this morning that there's, there's someone that this morning, you, you've, that there's been some resentment, some real bitterness, even against spirit-filled people. And I just sense this morning, as you just say, Lord, just remove, Lord, that bitterness. Lord, just take that out of my heart and open my heart once again. Open my eyes once again. Just see the Lord just pouring fresh oil over you, just that anointing, just just softening and just opening your heart to receive. And he's just going to touch your heart, touch your mind. Wants to open your eyes to so many promises in his word. He wants to take you from a mediocre relationship into something that, that is excelling, taking you higher, opening your eyes. He wants to speak to you with dreams and visions. Dreams and visions, just like he did with, Peter. Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. While your eyes are closed, just anyone say, Pastor, I I need a touch in my body this morning. I've just had an affliction in my body and I've experienced some pain right now. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. If anybody's just experiencing any pain in your body right now, any kind of pain, just sense, okay, I see your and anyone else, pain in your body. Okay, I see your hands. Okay, I think I see your hands right now. Okay, could you just keep your hands up? I want to pray with you right now. Father, you see those hands? Amen. In fact, some of you can look around and lay hands on those. Father, we just lay hands on them right now. We pray for our brothers and our sisters. We speak against the pain, the affliction. And we say right now that pain... Amen. We evict that pain. That pain, that affliction is in your body illegally because by his stripes you are healed. We speak life. We speak faith. We speak power to the tendons, to the bones, the sinew. We speak uh, even strength even into the, the, uh, uh, the, the blood system. Into the blood system. The, the nervous system right now. I just see someone wrestling with nerves. The Lord's just going to calm the nerves in your back. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We speak life to the nerves. In Jesus' name. Father, we love you. We love you, Lord. I want everyone to say with me, shall we? With God, I can do all things. Amen? With God, I can do all things. All things are possible to them that believe. Amen. Give someone a hug this morning. Love you, folks. If you'd like prayer, feel free to come down here for prayer. Be blessed. Don't forget prayer on Wednesday night. Prayer this week on Wednesday night. Let's continue to pray. Let's continue to bless. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.